Um, all right. Everybody, grab a Bible. Grab a Bible. If you didn't bring one, there should be one under the chair in front of you. We want everybody to be able to have a Bible in their hands. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to the very beginning. Uh, we are starting a brand new series today called Made for Mondays. Made for Mondays, and we're going to spend just the next few weeks talking about work, which is, I know, your favorite subject. Uh, so, but I think God has some incredible things to say to us about work. Every one of us is doing it. We're in it in some way, form, or fashion. God has things to say about it, and so we're going to look into the Word of God, see what it has to say. I think it's going to be really, really life-giving. If you're there, I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to ask God to show up here. Let's do it. Father. You are the faithful leader, and we just want to acknowledge you have design, calling, and purpose for every breathing person in this room. There are things that you are trying to accomplish, that you want to do in the days ahead, and the way that you will do that is through your people. Lord, why you chose us, we may never know. Weak, broken vessels, except for that those weak and broken vessels might open their hands and say, Lord, use me, lead me and use me. I pray, God, that you would begin to put deep within us a hunger to be used by you. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. How many of you have ever had a, f a feeling of fear or dread wash over you when you think about Monday morning approaching. Anybody ever had that before? Everybody has. We've all had that. Whether you were a student in school thinking about the exam that you were studying for all weekend long or you got work coming up, this feeling is universal. Doesn't matter whether you're brand new into like doing life or you've been in a career for 40 years, we all know that feeling of showing up on Monday. And so because of that, I just wanted to celebrate that with some gifts, basically. And so here, here's what we have. This is, this, some of you are this, that you wake up, it's like hard to wake up, but your hair is still perfect. If that's you, <laughs> we love you, okay? We're for you. Share your tips with us on how to do that, okay? Some of you, however, are more like this, okay? <laughs> just you. You feel that Monday morning and you just feel a little sadness, like sadness like washes over you just a little bit, right? Okay, or some of you are more like this. There, that, okay, yes. So you're waking up in the morning and maybe just a little bit of frustration is vented towards the alarm clock. Or you maybe take it a step past and that's you. That's you when the alarm goes off on Monday mornings. And if that's you, we've got prayer at the end of service for you. We're available for you, so we're ready. Uh, and then finally, some of you are just this. This is just you. You're moving. You're moving, but you're not totally coherent. And this is you. So, so every one of us falls into one of those categories. I feel like that's, that, that describes some of us. Some of us wake up, maybe just if you feel a little bit sad on Monday morning, or maybe you feel a little bit of dread for what you're facing, because you know what you've got to get to when you get back to work, or maybe you feel some exhaustion 
that comes over because you're thinking not about your work, but you're thinking about your coworkers that you have to work with, or maybe you've got a pretty fussy boss that you're dealing with, or maybe you love the people that you work with, but the kind of work that you're doing, it can be frustrating at times. Every one of us has had those experiences. Whatever Mondays come, we've all had that moment of feeling maybe despair, exhaustion, fear, worry, or even depression. So just looking over a couple of recent surveys, actually one that was done, a study that was done in 2017, this 87% of Americans have no real passion for their jobs. 87%, I thought that was a really high number. They described uh, literally passion as three things, just had a long-term commitment to what was ahead, they were excited about new challenges for their job, and that they were looking to build uh, trustworthy relationships. That's how they define passion. Literally only 13% of the American workforce is actually feeling any of that at all, whatsoever. 80% are fully dissatisfied with their jobs. Don't like it in any way doing their job, but don't enjoy it in any way, form, or fashion. 25% of all Americans say the biggest stress that they have in their lives comes from their job, comes from work. That's, that is a little bit telling about our experience or our feeling with work. Now, even though those statistics are true, Here's what's really interesting. We're working harder, and we have a harder time detaching ourselves from our work. You know that Americans are using less vacation days now than they were 20 years ago? To, the, to, to literally, tw- I think it's 15% less, less work. There are, now listen, this is going to hurt you just a little bit. There were more than 705 million unused days of vacation last year in America. 705, and I know you're thinking, give me them. Let me have those, man. What's wrong with you people? 42% of people feel the need to check in with the office even when they're on vacation. Almost half people. Not that I've ever done that or you've done that, right? 42%, almost half of the people feel like they have to check in even when you're on vacation. We have, maybe it's safe to say, a weird relationship with work where we don't totally enjoy it, but when we get away from it, we feel tied and tethered to it. I gotta be honest, I think there's a problem with how we see work, with our, how we see our jobs. I think in America, and I think what we're going to see here is that there's a relationship that we have with work that's a little bit broken. We have this thing, this push and pull thing going on with us, and it doesn't seem life-giving or healthy, and here's the truth. The average American's gonna spend 90,000 hours in their lifetime doing work. That means a third of the waking hours that we have in this life are devoted and given to work. A third, a third of our lives are doing this thing. And yet we've got this broken relationship with it. What this says to me is obviously we have some things that are unhealthy. And the problem is, is that all of us have work. None of us can actually get away from it. I mean, from the moment we start going to school to the finishing school and getting a job or maybe that first time we have a child because we all know the hardest job on the planet is for stay-at-home moms, right? Is there anything harder than having a child and trying to raise a child and take a child from like can't do anything into like productive society? It takes work. It's work. 
It's demanding. If work then is the source of stress and very few people are actually passionate about their jobs and most feel dissatisfied, then here's the question. What's the point? What's the point? Because we all know the base answer to that question. Gotta pay the bills. We have to pay the bills somehow. We can't, we gotta, can't go through life and not take care of ourselves and not take care of our families. And we understand that point, but if the place where we spend one-third of our entire lives is, is producing stress, worry, and anxiety, and we can't detach ourselves from it in a healthy way, then it begs the question, what value are we really experiencing from this thing called work? What value is it actually bringing to our lives? So here's my question for this morning. What if God has as much purpose for our Monday mornings as he does for our Sunday mornings? What if God has a way of thinking about and seeing work that could be transformative to our Monday morning experience? That he has more intent, he has just as much intent and purpose as what he wants to do in our lives and through our lives on Monday through Friday as he does on Sunday morning. I think the answer is there's no question he does. And I want to explore just for a few moments this morning what he has to say about this. Because here's what we like to do, right? In order to try to help manage the totality of our lives, what we do is we compartmentalize. We come in and say, we'll do the Sunday morning thing, and this is our God moment. And then we think about God, and we we come here, and we sing, and we open the word, and we trust and we learn and then we go home and we eat and we take a nap and then we get ready for Monday morning. And then Monday morning shows up and what happened on Sunday is Sunday's thing and then our Monday through Friday selves become something different. And probably every one of us has had that experience where it feels like what's happening Sunday is completely divorced from what's happening Monday through Friday that there's not a connection between those things, that we somehow compartmentalize and that God is going to show us and say, hey, we're not different people and Sunday isn't better than Monday. God has purpose and design for both of those places. I have as much purpose in Monday morning as I do in Sunday morning. That's what the Lord's gonna say. Genesis chapter one, we're gonna go back to the very foundation. You can look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we'll just stop there. Humans, I wanted to say, every person here is uniquely fashioned in the image of the infinite creator. Now, this is a whole nother sermon in and of itself, but I literally want to look into, as best as I can, the whites of your eyes to say, you reflect, you are built, fashioned, made in the image of the king of the universe, the creator God, made like him, only you. Thank, Thank God for Fido, or whatever you call your dog. For those of you that, for whatever reason, feel like it's necessary to have a cat in your house, 
there. Thank, thank God for that. Why ever you would do that? That's just between you and Jesus. <laughs> I, I have a lot to speak. We have like, we have some really crazy chickens and a rooster that feels, that thinks that like two in the morning is somehow six in the morning and I'm working through it emotionally. But anyway, we have, we have, we have things. All right. We thank God for all the animals, but none are fashioned in the image of the creator which means that every person in this room is uniquely carrying something powerful in them. Verse 28, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So here it is. Here's the mandate for both men and for women. Be fruitful. Multiply. Not just yourselves, but what you do. The the point of subduing or taking dominion over everything that's created is to say, take all that you are as the image bearers of God and go create and go manage and teach and train and develop and grow and produce and bring life wherever you go. You're fashioned in the image of a creator. Therefore, you and I were meant to create. We were meant to do from the get-go. I love what it says in Genesis 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to what? To work it. And to keep it, to work, work. That's a song. That's a song. From like maybe the 90s. Oh, there's a new one? Rihanna's got a new work song. Is it about actual work? Is it like working something inappropriate? Okay, yeah. So yeah, I'm not talking about working the booties. I don't, why did I just say that? That's so awkward. I'm sorry. It's totally inappropriate. Not just work. Just, I, let's go back to the Bible. Let's just go back to the Bible. So sorry. Let's go. Work. Hey, here's what, this is what God's saying. I don't know what Rihanna's saying. I know what God's saying. God is saying, hey, work is good. It's, work is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. We were meant to work. We will be working forever. And you're going, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. No, 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 no. Listen, all of heaven, if you thought heaven was you get wings and you sit on a cloud and you figure out how to play a harp in some way, I'm here to bust the bubble. That's not it. All of heaven is ruling and reigning with Jesus alongside as co-heirs with Christ for an eternity. Listen, there are going to be offices and there's going to be all kinds of work to do in the age to come. Work is a good thing because it is the expression of creator God. Listen, you can only sit around on the couch. You know this deep down inside. You can only sit on the couch for so long before something inside of you starts to burn for something more. 
You, you can chill for a little bit, but at some point in time, you want to be able to get up and go somewhere, to do something, to produce something, to be creative, to help see something. You might even want have that feeling of being a part of something much bigger than yourself, but you know that just hanging back is not enough, that you want purpose. You want to do. That's because you were made in his image. You're made in his image. We were made to work as an expression, as an extension of the God in whose image we've been made. That's what we are. That's where that thing is coming from. We're meant to go out and bring human flourishing wherever we go. This is what is in us. That's what's in that from the beginning, saying, I am an expression of the creator. When I work, I bring human flourishing and because of that, it pleases God. Listen, our work pleases God. As an expresser of who he is, expressing his creativity, bringing purpose to our lives, as an express, it's an expression ultimately of worship to God. We were designed by God to work. We're made to both flourish personally and bring human flourishing wherever we go, right? And we do that in so many different ways. I'm, I'm even looking across the room here at all of the different expressions of work that are going on, the different ways that we work. Some of us manage, some of us shepherd, not actual sheep, but like people's lives. Some of us create, well, you might, I don't know, do we have any shepherds in here? I mean, it's, it is the South, it is Tennessee. It's possible. Okay, no, all right. Some of us create. Some of us teach. Some of us develop. Some of us heal. Some of us give wisdom or advice. Some of us labor to make life easier for others. There are no shortage of ways that each and every one of those things is actually a full-on expression of the God of the universe. It's important. That's the purpose of work, to give us a vehicle of ultimate purpose, bringing glory to God and being an expression of our creator through our work. Now, here's the problem. That all sounds awesome, but that's not always the experience, right? We wake up, we get caffeinated, we get to the office or the school or wherever it is that we're going, and we go through, we kind of slog through it. The, we, you, you called it the daily grind. And we get through that. Why does it feel less like what we're describing or what we see in scripture expressing the creativity of the Father? magnifying and worshiping him through our work, why does it feel more like the daily grind? The answer is, and this is always pretty much the safe answer, like if you're in Sunday school, it's either, the answer is either Jesus or sin. In this sense, it's just sin, right? There, good answer. Why, what's the problem? Genesis three. Listen, work is not the result of sin. Painful, unfulfilling, depressing work is the result of sin. Genesis 3 
17, cursed is the ground because of you. This is, this is, the, this is God speaking to Adam because of his uh, desire to do his own thing instead of being a, an expression of God. He looks at Adam and he says, here's, the, here's what's gonna happen to you because of your decision to try to live for yourself and not as unto me. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat all of it the days of your life in pain. Cursed is the ground, so in pain you will eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. Verse 19, by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. There's the downer. That's the ultimate downer. Here's... Work isn't the problem. Sin is the problem. And it's destroying and pushing against the ability to be an expression of the creator God forever. It's keeping us back from functioning in the full measure of like, I'm walking in my purpose and I am functioning in the image of my creator king. Sin is what's stealing the joy from work. And so our jobs end up being hijacked from God's original design to see work as sacred, to see our work as sacred. That's what the Lord is aiming for us every Monday and Tuesday. It's not just a means of providing a living. And I thank God for the ways that we're provided for by bringing our creativity to the world around us. That's a beautiful thing. It's an incredible design. We bring the gifts that God has given to us to the world and we receive, uh, uh, we receive cover, or we receive um, payment for those things. But that's not the totality of what work was meant to be. And unfortunately, I think I'd say it, especially in our Western American culture, that feels like it's almost 95, 99% of what we're trying to do. And again, we feel thankful to the Lord for the provision that we get from the gifts that he's given to us, but that's not why we work. It's not at the centerpiece of what God had designed us for in it. It's an act of expressing to our creator, uh, expressing of our creator to a world that doesn't know him. Listen, work is a sacred act of worship to bring our gifts, our abilities, our talents, to see humanity flourish and know their creator. See, here's the deal. The mandate from Genesis 1 and 2 hasn't changed. The only thing that changed was sin entered into the equation. But the mandate is for us to go out and be fruitful and multiply, to continue to bring the beauty of the creator to the created world. Therefore, hear this, listen. Your job matters to God. Your job matters to God. I don't care what you're doing. When I say it, there are probably a couple of industries, if you're in them, it's probably not good. That's probably another sermon for another day, but we won't get into that. I'm assuming that you're not in the business of terrorism, okay? That's not a good uh, profession, okay? But assuming that you're here trying to bring human flourishing, sorry, Assuming you're here just trying to bring human flourishing, 
to, to people's experience in their lives, then your job matters to God. Not because of what your profession is. I want you to hear this. Your job matters to God, not because of what your profession is or my profession is, but taking what God has given to us and seeking to bring our gifts to help others flourish. That is worship. That's worship. To reflect his goodness, his wisdom. See, God is creating God is designing, God is teaching, God's managing, God's speaking. That means our jobs give us a place to be able to do those things. Using what God's given to us to bring life and power to the world that's been created. And so the question is, well, great. Does that mean that, that everyone that works is then therefore, they're automatically worshiping God? Because everyone's working. If that's the case, is everyone worshiping? And the answer is no. Because here's what happens when we don't see intentionally our work as an expression of worship. A couple of things happen. Number one is this. We will see work as meaningless. Meaning this, if we aren't intentional about what we do Monday through Friday, if we aren't thinking through that, what we're gonna end up doing is seeing it as meaningless. So what that does is it begins to steal from our ability to experience the delight and the gladness and the presence of God on an everyday, regular basis, right? Most of us probably aren't super passionate about our jobs. You might enjoy it. Or you might enjoy parts of it. Certainly it's true with every job. There are things that we like to do and things that maybe we don't like to do. But we go through those motions of kind of punching the clock and grinding through the weekly slog. And at the end of the day, if that's our experience, this that isn't an understanding of being able to worship God with our work. You might not even have the most fun or exciting job, but you can recognize that God's presence is there, that he's got design in it and in our work. God takes the thing that might be feel even mediocre. He takes those jobs that don't feel like maybe we're having a great effect on people's lives and he gives purpose and meaning to it. I remember... Um, I've mentioned this before, but I, I had felt a, a call personally. I had felt a personal call to vocational ministry. I think every human is actually in God is actually called to minister, to be a, a minister in some way, form, or fashion. I just felt like I was called to do it vocationally. And so I remember, but I felt that when I, between the, the summer before and I turned 16 years old. So I had this vision and heading for where I was going. So um, I was ready to go to college, and the Lord said, you're not supposed to go to Bible college. I feel very clearly like the Lord said, don't do Bible college. So I did, I got a business degree. So like, I, well, what else am I going to do? Business is kind of super broad, so I'll do business. So I, I got a degree in business from Texas Tech University, or Reckham Tech, Red Raiders. You're like, what is that? Good job for going to mediocre U University. Yeah, whatever. Um, went to Texas Tech University, got a degree in business. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I've finished this degree. It's time for me to find, step out into this role of ministry. Where, Lord, where do you want me to be able to minister? And the Lord is so clear. You're not supposed to go anywhere. You're gonna stay right where you are. You're gonna keep serving in your local church. I was very, super involved in my local church. Loved ministering there. And I was ready to go do the next thing. And the Lord said, no, you're just gonna stay here. So, well, I'm graduating. I have to get a job. And so, and I've made mention before, but uh, the, the job that I could find that would kind of help 
pay the bills, as I continued to try to listen to what God wanted to do in my life, is I got hired by a group of dental technicians who basically build dentures and partials, dentures for people, like fake teeth to put in people's heads. And that's what I, and so my job was to deliver dentures. It was essentially, now, I mean, my, my real job, I mean, my official title was sales associate for a dental technician lab. But really, I just was a denture delivery boy. That's what I was. And I'm, so I'm finished with college. I am a denture delivery boy. And I am going, oh, Lord, where are you? Where are you in this thing? This feels like I'm, I'm not fulfilling this mission that you've given me in my life. I'm not making a dent. I'm making a dent. Sure. But I'm making a dent in the scope of my life. And so the fa- father was so gracious with me and my frustration with having this job because my job essentially what I did is for three days a week, I drove 12 hours a day all over eastern New Mexico and the panhandle of Texas, which is the desert. So there's not much to look at. There was good sunrises because I had to be on the road by five in the morning. Um, and I, so I remember that. And I thank God for that. But everything else was dead. And I would drive all over this area. And in that place, the Lord began to open the door and he said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to let me speak to you. And what you're going to do is you're going to worship and you're going to pray and you're going to listen to the word expounded and sermons. Back then, you had to do it like on a, in a tape or a CD player. And you're going to do that for 12 hours. And then when you're done with that, the next day, you're going to do that again because there's nothing else to do. And then when you're done with that, you're going to do that again because there's nothing else to do. And here's what I found the Lord doing is the Lord began working on my character for an entire year. The Lord was chipping away at my character and he was building me up and beginning to set a foundation inside of me. All that while faithfully serving in my church so that at the end of that year, I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And at the end of that year, our, our, our church began to make some adjustments and they said, hey, you've been faithful serving here uh, in, in our body. We want you to come on our team. We wanna, we wanna ordain you as the pastor over our college ministry. And I was like, oh my gosh, the Lord knows what he's doing. This is crazy. This is the craziest thing. But if you'll just obey and trust him when you're dropping off the dentures, God is working and moving and shaping. We might not have the, what seems to be the most meaningful job. You might even be in school and you don't feel like school's doing a whole bunch or you might be frustrated with the job that you've been in or you've been maybe even jumping between different careers or all those kinds of things. And what the word of God is saying is this, listen, God has purpose and design in everything, in every moment, in every place. He wants to use you to bring human flourishing wherever you go because we're meant to do that. We're meant to be those people. The truth is this, hey, everyone is tired of faith that isn't 
changing things. Can I just, let me say that again. Listen, what is the point of faith in God if that faith in God isn't changing and transforming our lives Monday through Friday? If our faith is actually only alive and vibrant on Sunday, one day of the week, there are six other days where God wants to move in power. There's a wide open invitation for every person to step right into it. To go, man, God, what are you doing today? How can I minister? How can I bring life? How can I help? I might have a job where I'm in a cubicle. I don't talk to anyone else. Lord, help me bring your life in some way, form, or fashion. Show me what you're doing. Help me see. I don't want to have faith that doesn't change life, the way that I see, the way that I operate, the way that I move. I want faith. We all want faith that's vibrant and moving us. This is the way where we begin to open up and say, God, what's your design in me? Now, the second thing that happens, there's, one, again, one of two things that, ha- that, that send, send us to work. One, it can either make it meaningless and we don't understand that every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we have incredible purpose in our lives. Or two, what happens is we start to worship our work. We don't see work as our worship to the Lord, what we begin to do is we worship our work, meaning we start to find our validation and our worth by what we do. That if we don't have either the income level or if we don't have the title, then we don't have worth or value. And I just go ahead and pull the curtain back here in Williamson County, Tennessee, and say, let me tell you, we're all on the hook for this issue. We're keeping up with the Joneses is the name of the game. Our worth and value often comes from what we can say is our title or what we think we might be able to afford. And all of a sudden, work becomes the obsession. And that our worth and value comes from the job that we do or how well we think we can do that job, not in what God says about who we are and his purpose for our lives. And there becomes a switch where we're no longer worshiping God with our work, but our our work becomes the object of our desire. And we toil at it. And undoubtedly, there are some in here that are going past the 40 and 50 and maybe even 60 hours a week, and you've, you're spinning this thing to make this thing go. And it's crushing you. We'll worship. We'll find a hundred different ways to find our purpose and identity. And I'm just telling you, work is never the place to find it. There's meaning and purpose. I want you to hear this. There's meaning and purpose in what we do. But what we do does not define our meaning and purpose. Let me say it again. There's meaning and purpose in what we do. But listen, our work does not define our meaning and purpose. That comes from one place. What God says about you. That's where it comes from. Therefore, we can step into whatever it is that God has for our lives because sometimes he takes us through those valleys where he wants to teach and train us. And we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. So here's the question. How do we begin to step into this place where work becomes fulfilling? I'm gonna just go quickly. I wanna read this over Exodus 31. This is just a powerful picture of what God does when he inhabits his people and they're ready to do his work. Exodus 31, they're building 
They're uh, building the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name uh, Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. Listen to this, verse three. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him uh, Aholiab, the son of Ahisamech, of the tribe of Dan, and I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. Now, I love these words, ability, intelligence, knowledge, craftsmanship. The functioning of our lives comes from the Holy Spirit of God. You know, the truth is we can't actually do anything without him. I'm thankful for the common grace, but there's another level where the God wants to come and inhabit us and lead us into what he wants to do. The question is this, do you believe that you need the spirit of God to do whatever you're called to do tomorrow morning? You sense that, that all skill and ability and gifting is coming from him and he's ready to give it in spades for whatever it is that you have, but it's coming from him. Or do we just walk through the slog over and over and over again? I think it's funny, us. I think we probably, when we start thinking about calling and purpose, we'll think, man, it really takes, you know, we'll think about maybe the people that are on stage on church on Sunday mornings and think, man, those, they, they really have to be empowered by the Spirit of God. But for some reason, we don't tend to think that the guy who's making the sales phone call needs the Holy Spirit of God in his life. We, could you believe that the Holy Spirit might empower you to do whatever it is that he's calling you to do in a powerful and supernatural way? What we do matters to God. There's this danger of separating out Sunday from Monday. The Lord's in all of it. He's in both places, and his spirit is yearning to touch people's lives. He is with us in our office, in our schools, in our hospitals, in our truck, in our homes. He's ready to empower us to do well with whatever he's called us to do. His heart is ready to be expressed to the world around us. And I'll ask our band to come on up. We're going to finish up with this. Listen, can we just be honest? Sometimes work stinks. It just does, right? Sometimes it's just spreadsheets and office gossip and annoying bosses and moody coworkers and mind-numbing commutes especially here in a big metropolitan area. Everybody has a story of what feels like the, just the emptiness of a job. We've all been there. We've all done that, okay? You, you might actually be feeling that about your own job right now. I just wanna say, what you and I do on Monday morning matters to God. And because of that, no matter what the job is, we can begin to find fulfillment because it's not about the job, it's about God. But put it this way, we'll finish with this scripture. Colossians 3, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You're serving 
the Lord Christ. Now, understand what it's saying here. Whatever you do, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It can be done unto the Lord. It can be done in a way where you feel new purpose. Let me tell you something. God has amazing design for you and I tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, we're gonna wake up and we're gonna go to something. You might go to school. You might have a job. You may have kids that you're trying to raise. Every one of us tomorrow morning, we're gonna begin to put our hand to something. And what God is saying is, I have real plan and purpose designed for you. Function in it, live in it, do it as unto me. And it will be a game changer for our lives. Total game changer. You guys stand with me. Put your notes down. Here's what I, if you will, just if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes. We're just going to ask this question. Would you just ask a very simple question? Lord, why do you have me here? Will you ask him just with respect to your job or with respect to your school? Ask him the question, Lord, why do you have me here? What are you trying to accomplish? What do you want to do? You just begin to ask him right now. Would you show me why I'm at where I'm at? I don't always feel like I'm making a difference. I don't always sense your presence, but Lord, I want to know why. I thank you, Lord, for providing. We thank God, Lord, we thank you for your provision in our lives through our jobs. We honor and we worship you and we bless you. You're a great provider. But Lord, we want to just step past that layer of provision and say, Lord, what's our purpose? What is the design? Lord, could you just begin to redefine how we see our jobs? What would happen if every person in this room just began to redefine the purpose for what they're doing so that we might begin to see the life of God begin to move all over our city? Every one of us, we're planted in so many different places. How can we bring the life of God? We want to live for so much more than just the weekend. We want to be able to move right into your plan and purpose. You've got things that you want to do through us. Lord, help us. Help us say yes to you. In fact, we're just going to sing that this moment, literally saying, yes, I will. I'm going to take that moment to say, yes, Lord, I will. Do what you want to do in my life, Lord. We're going to worship you. We're going to trust you. You have things that you want to accomplish. We're going to finish this morning just saying, yes, I will. Let's declare this to the Lord.